And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David came on Toya Essay Burbank Podcast. We're Essay Burbank. David came on Toya Podcast. The game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Go make it up. Let's actually make some... <laughs> And see, I came up with more. Google it. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. It's Thursday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. Sadie, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Today is a special. I've got a shit ton of stuff to get off my chest. Okay. And just so happens, I wasn't planning on having this as a special, but it just all pretty much It just worked out that way. Yeah. Yes. But before we get started, I want to find out how was the World Series. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. We won. Okay. Well, we being the Giants. Right. Okay. And it didn't look like we were going to. It was uh, the last uh, the last game. It took, took it all the way to seven games. And I have my own personal opinion about why that happens from time to time. I, <laughs> I wouldn't want to accuse anybody of trying to make a game series last. Or anything, but it does seem odd that they managed to go to seven games frequently. But anyhow, um, in last night's game, the Giants were down three to two. Okay. No, I'm sorry. The the Royals were down three to two, and they put their golden boy, Madison Bumgarner, is a 25 year old pitching phenom. Okay. And they put him in after two days rest only, and he pitched perfectly and held the score there. The game ended at three to two. Really? Yes. He pitched five innings. Wow. How he did it, I don't know. And people kept saying, Oh, he's tired, he's tired. And I'm going, He's twenty five years old. Come on, how tired can he be? I was he gonna say sleep tomorrow. And and I'm sitting there and I'm saying to uh, Bozy, the, the Announcer? manager oh, of okay. the, of the team. And I'm going, don't take him out. Don't take him out. If you take him out, <laughs> you'll lose this game. I promise you. And I'm saying it to him like I'm there, you know, and it was really funny because the guys are on the announcing team. They're going, is he going to take him out? Is he going to, do you think he's going to take him? And I'm going, don't take him out. Ernie was laughing at me. He thought it was hilarious. Anyhow, um, they won. The series again, the third time in five years. Wow! Uh, he broke all kinds of records. He ended the game with a point, a zero point two five ERA, which is unheard of. The lowest uh, before that was zero point three two or something. I mean, he's he's just and and he started that that pitching frenzy at the end of the uh, in the middle of the game. He started with a point. A 0.29. And when he ended the game, it was 0.25. He just, he just Blew shut him out, out, shut him out, shut him out. Well, he pitched a shutout the not, uh, two nights before that. And so they were, uh, there was reasonable concern that he was, that he was tired. Cause you know, that's a lot of pitches and I get it. You know, you wear your little arm out throwing it, but he's, he's golden boy. He can do no wrong. And at uh, 25 years old, he's still got a long career to go. Oh, God, yes. And not to take anything away from Pablo Sandoval, who made the winning catch 
the last out, it was so great. He was, he plays third base and he kind of came in when the ball got hit because it was, it was a pop fly. And he's, he's running towards it and looking up and looking up and looking up and looking up. And it's like, he, you can just see him going, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he caught the ball and he laid flat on his back with his arms and legs spread out like, Oh, thank God. It was, it was phenomenal. It was really super. And, and the super thing was a, that when it was, when the Royals did start hitting and getting a couple of runs and everything, Ernie kept saying, they're, they're going to fuck up. They're going to, they're, the Giants are going to fuck up. They're not going to win this game. He was sure the Royals were going to take it. And I have liked the Royals all along because they're a really good ball club and they play great ball. But I, I told him, I said, if they get our man in there, if they get Madison in there and let him pitch, He'll keep it right where it is, and we'll win. And Ernie's going, eh, I don't think so. I said, wait and see. And they put him in, and that's exactly what he did. So it was it was. So what, in, great what inning did they put him in at? Uh, I think it was either the bottom of the fourth or the top of the fifth. I'm not positive. I don't remember now. But he pitched like five innings. So, or not five innings. I'm sorry. He pitched. Hmm. I could probably Google it. That's okay. I'm just but curious. In any case, he pitched the last, really most important part of the game. Because once you're in that pocket of, you know, one point difference, right? the whole game rests on nobody getting more. It didn't matter if San Francisco didn't get any more runs. It would have been nice to have the leeway. But what was important was that, the Royals get no more runs. Right. We, we don't want to tie because San Francisco, excuse me, San Francisco wasn't hitting all that well. They weren't getting all that many runs. They weren't getting on base as much as they had a couple of nights before. So, because at one, you know, one game they beat the Royals like 11 to 4 or something. And they oh, were wow. just, they were just on base all the time, hitting the ball all the time. Well, last night they weren't so much. So it was obvious that they, that, if the Royals had a tying run, they were more likely to, to, to pull in the winning run than San Francisco would have been. Because they just weren't hitting all that much. The ones that you can rely on to hit the most were doing it. Sandoval was getting on base. Uh, Pence was getting on base. He's the, the two-strike wonder. You know, for some reason, he, he does really well. When he's down two strikes, really, he hits that third one and bam, that sucker goes up and he runs on base or he'll get somebody to run in or, or advance on uh, the bases or whatever. So, but they weren't overall, the team wasn't hitting that many. They weren't getting on base that much and they weren't making that many runs. So if the Royals had managed to, to make it a tie, they probably would have won in even with Bumgarner on uh, as pitcher because, you know, he can hold them off pretty well, but his team members have got to come in and get that extra run, and they right. just weren't hitting that much. It was a really tight, tight game. And so, but it was, it was terribly enjoyable. We had a blast and, and yelled and screamed and carried on. Just that's cool. Yeah. And it was, it was just, one of those things, and I told, I kept telling her, I told you they were going to win. I told you they were. Only three states. They did a thing, a survey, mm -hmm. a poll of how many people think 
the Royals are going to win versus how many things the giant, only three states in the whole country. That's it? The majority of the people that voted in the poll, only three states thought the Giants were going to win. Everybody else was thinking the Royals were going to take it. And and I see why, because like I said, they are really good, really good ball team. They're strong. They have good, strong hitters, good, strong pitchers. They had everything it took except luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just it ultimately kind of boils down to luck. And, of course, Bumgarner was named uh, MVP for this game as well as one earlier in the series. And they gave him a brand-new Chevy <laughs> pickup truck, bright red thing, and hands him the keys to it, you know, and he's like, okay. And the, the Aaron... I forget her last name. One of the uh, uh, announcers okay. of the show, and she does interviews with the players and stuff. And right after the the game, she said, "How are you feeling?" And he goes, "She says, are you tired? Everybody's worried about you being tired." He says, "Not right now. I'm not." Well, then later when he got the MVP award, she said something about, "Are you how are you feeling now? Are you tired?" He says, "Yeah, I can't lie to you anymore." I'm tired. <laughs> so it do, it does take a lot out of you, even when you're in a, in top athletic form, right? And young, it still takes a lot out of you to pitch. How many pitches did they say he pitched for this uh, for the post game uh, postseason games? Was I don't know 126 or something? I don't know. It was a, not 126. Anyhow, he pitched a shitload enough to to tire him out, and 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 sadly. In the bullpen, he was their go-to guy. They had other pitchers who were fairly decent, but he was the only one that could that could be relied on time after time after time to either strike them out or or send them balls that they'd have to pop when you could catch them as a pop fly. Right. You know, keep them off base. And he did a magnificent job. It was great. It was great fun to watch. Very cool. It's It was one of those things that we're never probably ever going to see again. He's going to go down in history as a real game changer for the industry. He He's he's just he's, absolutely phenomenal. He's he going really to be is. a legend. He, uh, he is. He already is in a, in a way. And he's, like I said, he's only 25. God. So, but anyhow. That was kind of a long answer to a short question. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but it was a great game. Great game. Great series. And like I said several podcasts ago, we don't pay much attention to ball, baseball or football right. or any ball, uh, until it gets right to the end. And then we get all excited about it. And we'll do the same thing with, uh, what do you call it? Super Bowl. Yeah. And the, March Madness thing, you know, I'm not so much, although I do like basketball, because I like them because I know enough about each of those games, baseball, football, and basketball. I know enough about how they're played that I can enjoy and appreciate what's going on. Right. You know, and so I enjoy watching it. Ernie's kind of the same way. He's not like a big sports fiend or anything like that, but he knows enough about each of those games and how they're played, much more than I do. Because I'm always saying, well, honey, how come this and how come that? And he always hands me the tablet. Google it. Google it. I'm watching the game, you know. <laughs> but um, we just watch it for the, the playoff value. We're not, you know, because they were talking about, um, I forget what channel it is, but there's this channel that has Major League Ball, Major League Baseball 
all year yeah, yeah, yeah. long. Uh-huh. And he goes, no, man, I like baseball, but not all year. <laughs> so we're not that much of a... Super fan. Yeah, not really. Just when it comes to the series. No, I'm looking forward to this year's Super Bowl. And I, I and we've kind of discussed this. I, I do like football. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to me, and I know a lot of people get, you know, when I tell people this, but mm-hmm. from the point of the beginning to right before the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. to me, is pointless. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no point in, unless yeah. you just love watching football. Well, or if you're, if you've got a favorite team in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, cause they do all, they do all that playoff crap. Right. And interestingly, in the, the baseball, they have like the American League and the other one. <laughs> People are listening to this that are going, Oh my God, she really doesn't know shit about baseball. But anyhow, they have the two different leagues. Right. And in one of them, you can have pinch hitters. And in the other one, you can't. And so when they played in San Francisco, they couldn't have the pinch hitters. And when they played in in Kansas City, they could. It was like, you know, just weird little things like that. And whoever won the All-Star, I think it was the All-Star game, whoever won that, they got to have the pick of whether they would be the hometown team or not. And then the Royals won it. And so, so that's why they got the last... They got to be at home for the last two games. Right. If it, or at least that's sort of how Ernie explained it to me. I, like I said, there's probably people going, oh, God, she got that <laughs> fucked up. But anyhow, little, there's little things like that that go on in the pre big game season that are kind of interesting. And if there's a team that you've been rooting for all along, like if you're a big Steelers fan or Cowboys fan or whatever, then you might want to watch the playoffs so you can see if your team's going to progress to the point of actually playing in the Super Bowl. Right. And that's kind of what we did with the, the postseason pre-games. Okay. Oy. We watched both of the, of the, the boil downs to, to getting to the point where it was the Royals versus uh, the Giants, right? And we watched all those games before that, so we had more of an opinion about, like I said, about how the Royals play because they are a really good ball club. They play good baseball, and they have fun while they're doing it. And it's part of the whole thing, it, you know, because after a while, it is just a game, right? You know, yes, you're making millions of dollars, okay, but it's just a game. And you, you should be having fun while you're doing it, as well as playing it really smartly. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And I, and I apologize to our listeners out of the country who have no interest in uh, the World Series. I know that it's called the World Series, but I also know that much of the world doesn't really give a crap. And right. So, my apologies to those of you who fall into that category. Um, speaking of listeners, we're going to go ahead and we're, I'm going to use that as a segue. Okay. Now, this is a special kids because I have a lot of shit on my chest. And, and one of the things I should say is for the most part, I'm an upbeat person. I really don't let things get me down. I don't get depressed. And if I do get depressed, I have enough mental strength to not just pull myself out of it. Right. And... 
when I was looking at the stats this week, I was it really made me honestly depressed because for some reason our network had a 82% drop in listeners. Really? Yes. Oh. We, we didn't even hit a thousand oh listeners. Wow. And it, it really bummed me out. And I don't know why. I, maybe it's just people getting ready for Halloween and, and maybe, you know, people with kids and they just don't have time to listen to podcasts. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I would like to know. Unfortunately, the ones that have dropped aren't even going to hear this. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh well. I, I but I would like to know as to you know if if you're listening to this week, um, actually you know what we'll probably put it out next week. I'll figure out when because we're actually recording on a Thursday. Normally we don't record on a Thursday, right? So this might actually come out a week later. We'll see what happens. Okay. But I I would like to know. I I'd like to know why because I, I know yeah because we've been doing the format they that they've wanted. We've been sticking to it really regularly. Um, I don't know. And we've gotten good feedback from the people that have emailed us and have said different things that they liked and didn't like. Now, there's, there's two possibilities on this. And I'll explain the second possibility in a minute. One is that people just didn't feel like listening to our podcast mm-hmm. last week and they mm-hmm. just didn't listen. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Or, my second theory is that there might have been a glitch in the counter. Mm. Now, the reason I say that there's possibly a glitch in the counter is because last week we went, we had 1,441 followers on Twitter. Remember mm. that? Yeah. This week we have 1,613. We had a huge jump. That is a big jump for in us. In Twitter followers. Yeah. But yet our numbers were low. So that's, that's why. I'm voting for a glitch in the counter. Who is the counter, by the way? No, that was a, that was a joke. Uh-huh. Actually, there is an answer to that, though. Oh, is there really? Yeah. There's a who? There, there is a who. There is a who? There is a who. Oh, so bitch, fire him. <laughs> he can't count. Um, Yahoo. We use Yahoo as our <laughs> server. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yes, but I mean, is it mechanically done? I mean, it has, yes, it, it is. To be oh, absolutely. Done. Yes. Well, Yahoo. I would say Yahoo. But no, you messed up. And I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah, because it isn't. of the tweeters, twitters, and you're going to tell me not on not during the podcast, but you're okay. going to tell me how to make my name Sadie on the tweeters, because uh-huh. they right now they're getting my real name. Right. And they're going. Well, I don't know who that is, and so they're not following me. We're actually going to make a a, a whole independent. Sadie Burbank. Sadie Burbank. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter account. Twitter account. Okay, yeah. because I thought about going in and trying to modify it. I don't know, that's going to mess it up. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. So, uh, but, okay, so pretty soon you'll see me on Twitter, and then you can follow me. But, I won't do anything, but you can follow me. But the thing is, is that it. I took a personal, and I, I don't know why. Is it well, yeah, because you, we put a lot of ourselves into this. We've uh, Not just you know, a few bucks, but we put a lot of our time and energy into uh, doing the podcast. And now, was that just our show or was it all the shows? In- all the shows. Well, see, now that's got to be a count issue because I can't, I know Movie Madhouse is popular. I yes. know Fat 
American fat ass is popular. I know seeing red is popular. Ours is popular. I can't imagine that all of them took a dive at once. I just, I'm sorry, I don't go there. So it's that's too coincidental. So I don't think that's it. But back to why it, it bothers you. You put a lot of your heart and soul into this project. I've put a lot of my heart and soul into this project. You've put more hours in it than I have. We've been doing it for over a year now. Almost two. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like, we think we have a good product. Yes. Our listeners that tell us that we have a good product, most of them, when they tell us we don't have a good product, we try to fix it so that it's good for them. Right. If they tell us what would make it better for them. Uh, in... The field of podcasting, we rate high Yes, compared to other podcasts. Yes. As a group, our podcasts are rated high. So uh, when, when, when you get something like a, what looks like a drop in listenership, a drastic drop, it, it makes you start second-guessing and, and fretting. You know, where did we go wrong and stuff like exactly. that. You know, and was it me? Was it her? Was it us? What was it? You know, and and that's understandable because this is your creation. I mean, basically, it's your creation. You know, I'm just along for the ride. But um, so I understand why it, it would make you fret. But I personally, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Wait and see what happens. After the next couple of shows. Okay. And then if you still think that there's a problem, contact somebody, Yahoo or whoever, and say, what, you know, what, what? Really? This has happened? Because I went back and I listened to all five shows last week. Yeah. And to be completely honest, and I'm not being biased, but I'm just approaching it as someone who listens to podcasts. Mm -hmm. We produced really good shows. All five shows were really enjoyable last week. And I just, it, it just kind yeah, of. Yeah, and I think it's too coincidental to, to presume that the listenership is off because everybody's getting ready for Halloween or, you know, whatever. I, no, a few maybe, but not that many. 82%. No, uh, -uh. I, I, I'm sorry. I think it's got to be something else. Because it, it really... Now, if the tweets were down, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. We've got some kind of problem. We don't know what it is, but we've got some kind of problem. Right. But with the tweets up and listenership down, I think that's a counting issue. Because, and it's interesting you bring that up, because <clears throat> it's interesting that I can correlate, honestly. I can look at just in how many people have added... In our, our Twitter account mm -hmm. to our stats with downloads. Mm -hmm. it, it honestly, it almost corresponds equally mm -hmm. to what we get. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this is the first time, like I said. But it's gone the other way. Yeah. November 26th. So next month, November 26th, will be our two year. We've been, Jaisal Modcast has been running for two years. Wow. Wow. And that's the first time it's, this has ever happened. Wow. Yeah, that's I I I don't know, but I don't think it's real. 
I don't think it's real. So save your energy and don't get all like bummed out until we know for sure. If, if we see that it's, that it's staying that way, consistent with the tweets up and the listener thing down, then I definitely get a hold of somebody, Stitcher or Yahoo or somebody. Right. By the way, I got a thing from, was, was it from you or from Stitcher that wanted me to vote or something? I remember I sent you an email yeah. and I said, I think I did it, but I'm not really sure. I've seen it today. When I, when I put in, I, I couldn't find where I was supposed to put in my name, so it just says you. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> For anybody that cares to know, I really didn't know what that was all about. I just tried to follow it as much as I could. It didn't, it, it was like go here and vote, but I couldn't find when I went there any place that says vote here or whatever, so I just sort of stumbled through it and that's what you got. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you more about that because okay. that's more of a business thing. Oh, okay. And, and I'll explain that off air. Okay, but I would talk to either Stitcher or Yahoo or both and say, hey, what's up? Our tweets are up and our listener numbers have dropped unreasonably. What's up? Also, while I'm thinking about it, I do want to thank Elizabeth. Um, I, I don't know what her last name is. I can't remember. She contacted us through the Jason Modcast Network, and she wanted to let us know that for some reason Apple iTunes was not updating our show. Um, and so I was able to contact iTunes, and, and sure enough, they hadn't updated our show. So I went ahead and, and contacted them, and everything's been rectified there. So Oh, good. I just wanted to say thank you because I wouldn't have not no, noticed. No, wouldn't have any way to know. That's I wonder why we wouldn't. Shouldn't they be in contact with us? Um, I don't know anything about how all that works, and you do. So they if because for like Scene Red, I know Scene Red. Now, mind you, Scene Red, we're going to record episode ninety-seven tomorrow. We're just a, a nose hair away from one hundred, and um, I think. They had, they were still in the eighties. So it hadn't been mm. updated in a while. Wow. And I looked through and it had not been updated. So I don't know if it was from our RSS server, which I know that just went right yeah. over your head because I seen your eyes. Nice part. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, some type of a technical glitch on that error. But mm-hmm. regardless, I, I did get a hold of them and, and tell them. Look. Well, can you periodically just check? Is that something you yeah, can, I check can check and see? And yes. then maybe that would be a good idea. Since we know now that it has happened, uh, probably you wouldn't ever have expected it to happen. But since we know now that it has, it might be a good idea to check it from time to time uh, and make sure that it's not happening again. Because yeah. one of the things that I try not to do is I have a very competitive nature in myself. No. No, yeah, really. It's true. And I would never have guessed. And realistically speaking, you know, when we go toe-to-toe with someone uh, like, um, oh, say Jay Moore. He's, I don't know if you know who the comedian Jay Moore is. He has his own podcast show. Or Adam Carolla has his own podcast show. Um, you know, these are celebrities. So when we try to go toe to toe, we're, we're going to come out very low on the totem pole, you mm-hmm. know, just because they're celebrities and we're not. Exactly. <laughs> so I try not to look at the numbers as, as much as maybe I should, because I know that we're on a total different playing field than what those guys are. Yeah. But yeah. when the numbers are presented, it's presented as a whole. Yeah. And that will, you know, cause me to try to be more competitive against a, a 
a battle that I know that I will not win. It just, it's not going to happen. You know, unless one of us becomes a celebrity, right, or the other, you know, and and uh... which I would if you would buy my book. <laughs> we keep telling people buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Yes, for almost two years now, almost every single day we tell them. Yeah, several times a day. Yes, and it's just going in one ear and out the other. They're not buying my book. I think I know why too. Why? Um. This is something that I noticed as a podcast listener because there's one particular podcast that I listen to every week and it's just a filled with, within about a two hour podcast that they do. Mm-hmm. I'd say at least a good 25 minutes of it is just ads. And mm-hmm. as soon as I hear the ads come on, I just start hitting fast forward, mm-hmm. fast forward, fast forward. Mm-hmm. I don't even listen to the ads until I hear the mm-hmm. podcast kick in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening. Well, yeah, we, we have, we have told people if you don't want to, if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to listen to it. If you want to, you can pay a dollar and listen to it ad-free, or you can zip through it. So, yeah, maybe that's what they're doing. But, you know, any of our regulars know, I wrote a book. It's yes. called Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner. It's available at your local Amazon outlet. Um, and it's on Kindle. That was, thank you. I was just about to say, and you can find it on Kindle. And as well. if I could ever get the program organized, it might even be recorded. One of these days, I really do want to record it. So, you know, think about it. It's a good book. I mean, yeah, I wrote it, but it's a good book. People that have read it have told me that they liked the book and they weren't all relatives. In fact, none of my relatives are allowed to read the book. <laughs> if you read the book, you'll see why. They are forbidden to read the book. I don't let my, my husband's never read it. My brother-in-law is not allowed to read it. My my sons nor their daughters are allowed to read it. Nobody who knows me really very well is allowed to read this book. David knows mostly what is in there, but because you sort of were my editor through the whole right. thing, and you sort of had to do it when we published it. But well, I did, it, it's, it was entertaining. I probably, as a whole, I've probably read your book maybe three times. I wouldn't doubt it, yeah, because you had to go through it so many times in editing and whatnot. And there's there's some racy stuff in there, folks. I wasn't always an old 74-year-old grandma. You know? I, I was like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of oh my's in there. <laughs> Three or four of them, as I recall. Yeah. So anyhow, it's a, it's, a, it's a good book, especially if you like Africa. Forget about Ebola. If you like Africa, okay, uh, or you think you like Africa, West Africa in particular, Liberia, most specifically, then give it a shot. It's only twenty bucks or so, isn't it? For, yeah, for the paperback. Well, you know, and yeah, and, I mean, the hardcover is a little bit more than that, but it's not that expensive. And like I said, it's on Kindle, and that's only ten bucks or something. Yeah, that's uh, so cheapest route. Is yeah, Kindle. give it, give it a try. What it is, uh, you know, let it go with this is is. The story of the time that I spent in Liberia in 1971. Um, no, it was not Peace Corps or anything like that. I was over there with the boyfriend uh, working on an oceanographic research project. That's basically what the story is about, is that that period of time is like roughly six months. And it is, and I, I, I've said this so many times, and it's truth. It, it is the truth. It's a great read. It's a great story. 
and when I first heard uh, Sadie, almost said your real name, uh, when when I heard Sadie tell the story, I was like, oh my God, you have to write this book. And you weren't the first person to have said that. That's the funny thing about it. Uh, Tina, who is mentioned in the dedication, a uh, friend of mine, uh, who worked as a respiratory therapist with me on the same shift frequently, you know, in the middle of the night when nothing's happening, you sit around and you gab. And I would tell her stories about the time when I was in Liberia. And every time I did, she would say, you really should write a book about that. You should write a book about that. You should write a book about that. And then somehow you and I got talking about it. I don't even remember now how. Uh, and then you said, you should write a <laughs> well, So I had to shelve everything I was doing and stop and spend a year and a half of my life writing this book which i did i think because i came at we came at you with i don't care if i have to publish this book myself yeah i uh, think that might have been <laughs> this book will one be of published. the deciding factors and it is it is a true account it's a it's a it's a novel a true novel i guess is that what how you say it yes it's a biographical novel whatever yes. the fuck whatever you call it i don't know the categories but anyhow whatever it is that's what it is um there's a lot of sex and drugs and rock and roll. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member to receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings.
Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. And while we're on the publishing thing, and it's kind of funny how you went there because that was actually one of the things on I'm my so list. good at segueing for you. Is okay if anybody who is new to the show doesn't know before the world of podcasting, I was a publisher. Yes, and I I think I did very well as a publisher for almost ten years. Yes, and this week I was contacted with someone that I had worked with over you know a previous um, endeavor. Uh, it was someone that I worked with the, through the world of myth, and oh. I offered them a book deal because their story was doing very well. Okay. And they contacted me and said, well, I'm going to take you up on your deal. Now, mind you, that was in 2011 <laughs> when I offered this deal. This is so 2000- in 2014, they go, yeah, I'll do it. And I told them, you know, I don't publish anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I gave them the whole spill. Um, and... Mm-hmm. They got pissed off, and they came back at me saying, well, you know, you put the offer out there. You're obligated to, you oh, know. bullshit. Now. That wasn't a for-life offer. No. Um, what a bunch of shit. And it pissed me off, and it kind of put me in a bad mood. I was having a bad day anyway. But, okay, that was almost four years ago. We're almost into 2015 now. Yeah, really. You should have taken it when you had a chance. Absolutely. And I would have published it. while the iron's hot. And Why would anybody say anything like that? Was this a child or what? Was this somebody that lives Probably in, about my age. Lives in a little dream world all their own? Um, I didn't, I don't know them personally. Mm. I just knew them as a writer and they were producing. Well, a, why did they wait so long? Did they just now finish the book? Probably. Well, but, I, you know, it takes a while to write a good book. I'll go, like I said, I took a year and a half to to get mine written, and it's only, what, 283 pages or something? Something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would think that that would be an unrealistic remark. But the thing is, is I'm not obligated to do shit. Okay? No, no, I mean, no. especially when the company has ended. It's like, no, I've moved on. You need to also. There are, there are lots of indie publishers out there. Yes. If he's or she, I don't even know who it is, but if this person has a decent book, show it to another indie publisher. They'll publish it. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, it's mean, not it's, for the person that he wasn't. You're for, obligated. What a bunch of crap. Um, it just, it cracks me up. And that just kind of shot me back to the whole reason why I stopped publishing in the yeah. first place. And that made me kind of like, yeah, you know what? I did the right thing. You made the right choice. I did. 
right thrice, right time. Because, unfortunately, there towards the end, I was dealing a lot, of, dealing with a lot of people like that. Yeah, I remember one in particular that was a real problem child. Yes. And yes, you can, you can, you can be glad it's behind you. And to the person who thinks that you've reneged on your deal, I would say, show me the four corners of the paper. Because let's play Judge Judy. If it's not in the four within the four corners of this piece of paper here, it doesn't exist. Because if anybody, <laughs> there's no contract. Yeah, there there was never. It was an offer. Yeah, yeah, not but, even a verbal agreement. No. There was no, I will publish yeah, your book. No, I, it was a, it was an email saying, "Hey, you know, you're doing really well with your story on the world of myth. Would you be interested in maybe making that into a novel?" Mm-hmm. Sincerely yours, David K. Montoya. Mm-hmm. That was the email. There was, there was no. That's not, that's not any kind of contract I can think. That's a question in the first place. Not a statement of, of intent. Because, and with this behind me, I can kind of give, publicly, I can kind of give my, my formula of how I think, I work things. Mm-hmm. The World of Myth, for those that don't know, was an online magazine that ran for about 10 years. And I would take authors that were, had never been published before. And like I, me. <laughs> and I was I, in it. That's true. You were. Yeah. And I would, Take them. I put their the work out there, and depending on how the rea- the reactions to the reader, because each reader had an opportunity to grade each story, mm-hmm. and for me as a publisher, that told me a lot of different things about how the writing was done, how the popularity of the the story the person was, and I I had a, a number formula. So if so many uh, so many authors made it to I think it was three sixty then that would tell me that I could send them over to Terry D. Shearer, who was the editor at the time, and they could and Terry could work on building their their skill as a writer. And from there they would continue to publish on the World of Myth. I would put more focus on their their work to to bring up their popularity as right. a brand. Help to get them known in the industry. Now, once their popularity hit to a certain level and they were making about 700 to 800 points, then that told me that they were ready to move into the print production because we had enough following online to sell their books. Mm -hmm. And then that's what I would do is I would approach them. Okay, this is what it is. This is you've done a book. You've done a story on the world of myth. You're well received. Let's publish your book. Mm -hmm. And that's how I did it. That's how yeah, I published yeah. books. That was my method. And number one, other than if I feel like publishing my own book, that's a total different story. I'm my own person. I, yeah. I can, you know, I don't have to answer to nobody if I publish my own book. Right. Two, I just, I don't want to deal with that world anymore at all. I don't. Well, you had too many prima donnas toward the end there that were, aggravating the issue too and three is the world of myth there's no more world of myth right. even though i still hold the copyright to the magazine it's not a functioning magazine so in order to 
I can't just put out a comic, or not a comic book, but I guess can't, well, and a comic book too, but I, I can't put out any type of publication without building the brand. Mm -hmm. That is just a formula that I created that worked very well. So in order for me to be a publisher again, I would have to start back the world of myth. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even... You haven't even got that kind of time. No. I mean, we're busy now, okay? We, as a family. Right. You know, you're busy, I'm busy. You you work, you know, two, three days a week at the hospital. The rest of your life is is revolves around trying to make do with your family and, and take care of your older son who has autism, who's having a lot of serious issues at school right now that are going to take some of your time. You don't have that kind of time to give. You know, before, everything was sort of automatically running. Right. Jaden was a lot younger. He was locked into the school thing that was working for him. Um, you didn't have a second child at that point. Everything was kind of just automatic. You had you had full-time job position, so whatever free time you had, you plowed into, you know, your extracurricular activity. Right. You don't have that kind of time now, and you don't have that kind of interest now in it. You had then, and so you could make the time then. You could make it happen then, but it's, your interests have changed. Your, your attention has changed. Right. Your focus has changed, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And if numbnuts can't understand that, too bad. And it's just, um, I guess that was kind of the, a long, again, I just needed to get it off my chest because it did big bug me. Yeah. It be, it's almost like, how dare you? I know. <laughs> it's really. Oh, gee, I was waiting for you to call and tell me you wanted me to publish your book. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me bring back everybody who's, who's, you know, gone, and we'll just we'll start everything up just for you. Just for you? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, another thing, and you just brought up was with Jaden, my son. Um, I do not like this school district as a whole. I do not like this yeah, school district. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. It's been a problem. And you know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to go through my mind. Oops. I'm trying to go through my mind to figure out where a good starting point is. Well, he's gotten fucked over in in the school district that he's in since you guys moved back to California. Yes. He was being handled or manhandled by a, a, a female teacher who, and I'm using the term teacher loosely, who supposedly knew how to educate children with learning disabilities of one type or another. Right. And she did not. Um, and at that age level, for him, he he probably was thinking, oh, well, this is you know, as good as it gets. This is what I'm stuck with. And so he kind of put up with it. Then his learning curve advanced. He he jumped a grade. Right. His His skills as a student were undeniable and he, he he stepped out of his category he stepped out of the mold and they can't handle stuff like that school districts can't handle stuff like that so then he got promoted right had to go to another school yes because this school here that he was at 
handle kids in that grade anymore. So he had to go to a new one, and everything looked rosy for a while. looked like, gee, the guy knows what he's talking about. He's been educated in dealing with children who have autism and other learning disabilities and so on, and got him set up with the bus and all like that. And then the shit hit the fan. Now, what had happened was is... Now, this is, and it was all coincidental, because I overslept, mm-hmm. because I, I don't remember, I think it was, I stayed up late, or Zoe was up late and kept me up. Anyway, I overslept, we woke up, I, you know, Jaden always catches the bus, but I was like, you know what, we missed the bus, I'm just going to drive you to school, mm-hmm. no big deal, you know, it was my fault anyway, mm-hmm. not a problem. So I drove him to school, drove him to school, signed him in, you know, everything was fine. I was going to walk him to his class because we were actually in the middle of a conversation that I wanted to finish. And as we're walking up the hallway to go outside, one of the the aides that is in his class popped out and said, oh, good, you're here. You can, you can help him do his test. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, he's taking this, you know, test that every kid takes every year, you know, to, to find out where he's at academically. You can, you can help him do it. Now, I actually had other things to do. I was going to say, were you not on your way to something else when you... I was. Yes. I really was. But regardless, he's my son. They needed my help. I'm going to help them. That's just, you know, I'm always there to help my son. So I walk into his classroom and I told him, I said, you know what? I can, an hour and a half, that's that's what I can give you. And even at that, that's really pushing things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we walk into the classroom, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, well, where's your desk at, son? And he's like, over here. He walks past all the other desks, walks to this door, opens the door, and walks into an entirely different room. I'm like, what the fuck? So I follow him in there, and it's uh, pretty much a supply closet with a window that looks out into the classroom, and he's got one single desk with his chair sitting in there. And... I'm like, why? Why are you here? Are you, are you misbehaving? He's like, no. And I asked the aide, I'm like, why is he in here? Is he misbehaving? She's like, oh no, he's, he's a very sweet boy. But the, the noise is too loud for him and he just sits there with his ears covered. Now, with anybody that knows anything about autism, one of the key spectrum, uh, characteristics of anybody with autism is if they're being stimulated, overstimulated, they all cover their ear. They cover their ears. And it's just an instant thing to shut out all that feeding, you know, the, the information that they're receiving. So they said, well, well, we put them over here. Now, we had discussed this previously. He's sitting next to a kid that, I guess, runs at the mouth. He does not like the kid. He's He made statement that the kid is too much for him. He talks too much. He's too loud. He's too obnoxious, whatever. They should have put him, relocated the, the problem child. Absolutely. But instead, because Jaden approached the manner, or approached the teacher in a proper manner and made a complaint, now... He's being punished. Now, even though he says that Jaden's a very protect person, he does not like to stir the water. He likes to just keep it calm. Even though he says that he doesn't feel like he's being punished, 
I know he is. Of course he is. I mean, he, it's obvious. Now, this is something, because you and I have talked about this problem before this podcast today, so I sort of knew about it. Right. But I can't remember, did anyone else in the in the room complain about this kid? I don't know. I don't know about that. Is the teacher... Well, first of all, you were supposed to have a meeting yesterday. Oh yeah, I'm getting to that. Okay. Uh, and, and there were, there was a list of questions yes. that I kept saying, you need to ask this asshole these questions. One of them was, did this all really happen? Did this kid, is this kid a loudmouth? Is he irritating? Did Jay complain about that? You know, we need to get that part of it kind of straightened that out. That did first. happen. I can tell you that did happen. Okay. So then the, the question to the guy is, why do you turn the whistleblower into the convict and not the committer of the crime? So to speak. I'll get there. Okay. So, okay. So all that happens. I help him with this test. I was there an hour and a half, like I said. So that means I had to rush around. You know, finish up what I was doing, you know, what I needed to take care of, you know, previous engagements and whatnot. Right. And then we had an IEP meeting for yesterday. And then for those of the listeners who don't know what that means, what's an IEP meeting? <sighs> what's an IEP stand for? I can't, I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, is it, but but I mean, you can is Google it. Is it the organization that deals? With... No, it's it's a, a particular type of meeting for special needs. Oh, okay. Okay. And in fact, you, you can actually okay. Google IEP meeting, and it'll, it'll give you all the info oh, okay. you need. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I show up eight thirty. Um, I actually got there eight twenty-five. I'm always early, and I walk in. I gave the attendance office because Jaden, because of his knee, you know, he's been out with his knee. His knee's been hurting, yes. And I gave him a doctor's note because right. he went and seen the doctor. And um, so then I'm like, I'm here for my 8.30 IEP meeting with the teacher. And they're like, they looked at me like I was just like a space cadet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And then they called. And they're like, uh, you have an IEP meeting today? And then I couldn't hear what he was saying on the other side. And she looks up and she's like, okay, well, the teacher will be here in a minute. I'm like, okay, whatever. So, um, he shows up maybe 15, 20 minutes later and he's like, oh, well, you know, the, the meeting got rescheduled because Jaden's been out, you know, out of school. So he hasn't been able to finish his testing. I'm like, thanks for the phone call. That's exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the phone call. Mm-hmm. I live. All the way down on the other side mm-hmm. of Apple Valley. Mm-hmm. It takes me 25 minutes to drive, and it's, if it's good. And that's if the traffic is good, yeah. To drive all the way to this school. No one called me. No one let me know. Mm-hmm. Well, and, what, and he said. Well, I'm sorry for that oversight. So, huh. <clears throat> um, I, I don't remember exactly what, at what point, for some reason we went to the classroom. And one of the, I think it was for this reason, because one of the first things that I noticed when I walked in the classroom that there was a desk in the actual classroom setting with Jaden's name on it. Mm. Wasn't there before. Mm-mm. And um, so we're talking, and I noticed that the desk that Jaden had is still in that little broom closet thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whose idea was this? 
And he said, well, actually it came from the occupational therapist. He said that, you know, um, if taking him out of the, a noisy environment would help him, you know, concentrate more. And then the... Well, you mean whose idea was it to put him in the broom closet? Yes. Oh, okay. And uh, then the, the aide chimed in and said, yeah, you know, we we keep the door open about a hand's width. And, you know, he seems to be okay with that. And I'm like, wait a minute. So he sits there. The door is essentially closed. You pop in every once in a while to see what he's doing. Other than that, he just sits there for six hours a day. And they're like, yeah. And I said, so what's the difference of me taking him home, homeschooling him myself, because 90% of what he knows, maybe even 95% of what he knows, was taught here at home. Mm-hmm. And the teacher's like, nothing. There's no difference. And he's like, well, maybe that's something that we should look into. And by this time, I'm I'm, I'm angry again. And I don't think he should look into it because if you do, if he does, they will find a way to get compensation for him as a student somehow being schooled at home. Right. So you don't want them looking into it. You need to do it yourself. And. Um, so they're like, well, but you need to come back. When he's ready to come back to school, you need to come back and um, help him finish the test. And I'm like, no, I... can't they do that? What I'm, the fuck? How many, how many aides are in that class? Five. How many students are in that class? Fifteen. And one teacher? And one teacher. And they can't manage to help him do his test? No, I actually said that. I said, no, I don't mind helping my son when he needs it because I'm there to help him. But... You have, like I just said, five aides, 15 students, one teacher. That is three students per per aide plus the teacher to help. And you're telling me that someone can't um, help him with his his study for a one-on-one? And the, the aide chimed in again and said, well, that's not our job. We're there to help. We're there to, you know, assist children. We're not there to work with them one-on-one. If you need a one-on-one, you need to get a, a, a one-on-one aid. I said, there's five aids. Well, what you don't need to get a one-on-one aid. They need to get a one-on-one aid. And you're not it. You're the daddy. You're not the aid. <clears throat> oh, David, I don't know how you can let stuff like that by without contradicting them and saying, listen, folks, so, you're... Not being realistic here. So uh, I I left. I left the classroom. And I happened to see Doug, who is the head of uh, special needs services. He's Mm -hmm. he's the big boss. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with Doug enough over at the other school. We're on first name basis. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, come here. And I said, this is what's going on. I gave him the whole spill. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't want to be dicked around. I am not in the mood to be fucked with. This is what needs to be done. And he's like, okay, well, first thing, what we need to do is you need to go to Dr. On, which is Jaden's mm-hmm. primary physician, mm-hmm. and tell him this is, you know, tell him the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And have him write a letter saying that for Jaden's better health, mental health or something like that, mm-hmm. put it into a physiological need mm-hmm. that... um it would be better for Jaden to do home study. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. than to be in the class mm-hmm. environment. So that's mm-hmm. that's the next step. Yeah, do that because this is there's there's no point. Now, Lacey told me today too that that he can do it on the computer for God's sakes, and he is so computer literate he could teach computer. Oh, he could right now. He could stuff to kids or adults for that matter. So he would do very well in educating himself via the computer. Yes. Because you guys can handle his testing uh, or however they handle uh, grade right. improvement. You know, whatever that part of it is, you can handle that part of it. He can handle the rest himself at home where he is happy and comfortable. Because I told the teacher, I said, you know, the, the only reason why Jaden is in school is for social interaction. And he's sure not getting that in the broom closet. And that's exactly what I said. Good. And, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. It was like he wanted me to have him removed and take him home. He probably does. They probably don't want to mess with him. Even though they do get compensation for him, they probably don't want to mess with him. But here's the thing is... I mean... Uh, go ahead. Say no, it. I'm just going to say the comments that the, the aide makes of, well, he needs one-on... You need to get him one-on-one. What? I need to get him one-on-one? Help? No. That's your job. And you know how I am. You know I'm a very passive person. Yes, you know, I, know I you would are. I would never strike a woman. It's a darn good thing I wasn't there because I would have gotten your kid kicked out of school. But I, I honest <laughs> I would have <laughs> I honest to God wanted to double up my fist and bust her right in the face. Yeah. I really did. Knock her in the chops. Um Yeah, I So that's where we're at with that. And that's that was kind of a, a thing where just like I think, I really think, knowing Jay, knowing the situation, knowing the alternative available to him of being able to educate himself, so to speak, uh, via the computer, uh, I think that's the best thing for him. He's fully capable of doing that. He's bright and intelligent. If anybody could educate themselves on the computer, he can. Right. And as far as social interaction is concerned, he doesn't need it that bad when it comes to the time when he is going to need social interaction he can learn how to do it then well that and he's getting a a form of social interaction because he he's very active on twitter and yeah he, he now has a facebook yeah. and he's getting the kind of interaction he can handle right you can't pigeonhole a kid and say well now if he was in school he could go out for sports and he could hang with his buddies, and he could this and that, and he could have girlfriends and all. He could, maybe, but that's not working for him. That that part of his time at school isn't happening that way. So what is he getting out of it? Right. Have you asked him how he'd feel about homeschooling? Not until he gets his medicine. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Because, And that's another situation that we're having is... I've been to nine pharmacies in the last two days, and nobody has Ritalin. He's on Ritalin, and it helps him think straight. Have they stopped making it or something? I mean, what is that about? Just for some reason, because... Did they, they say, like, we can order it? Oh, yeah. They, it it would be here between five and seven business days. Mm, well, that may be... That might be my only alternative. Yeah. But Well, like I said, call the doc and ask if he's got some samples. But And you just talked to him a moment ago, and he hasn't had Ritalin in his system for a week. Yeah, and he was having trouble thinking about his... Getting an idea out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what the Ritalin does. It, it helps him think. It's, it makes him sharper. 
and, and makes them uh, process things quicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's what I'm waiting for because I don't think that if I were to set them down right now and explain it, I don't think it would process. Probably not. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. There'd be a, there'd be a right time. Yeah. But I, I, I think when he has medicated, I think it would be good to ask him, you know, letting him know now you're not going to have sports. You're not going to have buddies to hang out with. There's no girl contact, nothing. It's just going to be home, you and the computer and us, you know, does that appeal to you? And see what he says. He may say, no, I'd rather, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, if, if it was my kid, I think one of the alternatives that I might suggest to the school would be if you want to keep my kid in a broom closet for six hours a day and call that schooling, then I want the right to have him have his computer in there so he can educate himself while he's in there. That's actually a good idea. And then he can have the social interaction, whatever it might be. I don't know. They have recess at that age? No. What do they? How do they have any social interaction? P.E. Oh, all right. Does he like PE? Does he go out for phys ed that much? Um, well, he has to go out for PE. Well, I mean, does he like to? Does he play ball or what is, what is, what do they do at PE? Believe Jumping not, jacks or what? Believe it or not, his thing is he likes baseball. Okay. All right. So, so if he were given the chance, let's say, of, and then, then that would be if they would allow that, which I think they would have to, but I'm not positive. If they would allow him to be in the broom closet with his computer for his educational part of the day, and then he could go to PE and play baseball, would he rather do that, or would he rather stay at home, no baseball, and educate himself on the computer? Give him those options and see what he says. I will. But make sure, first of all, that you can even pull off the thing about having his computer in there. Right. And he'd have to understand that it would be restricted to the educational portion you know, you'd almost have to lock him out of everything else to keep him away from it. And, he, and even then, he can break in. He knows how. I was going to say, he can. He knows how to break in better than I do. He figured that out at nine years old. Yeah. We got called. You'd have to, you'd have to get him to agree, you know. Right. On being, you know, momentarily checked. And of course, he can always hit the buttons and make it look like, yes, I'm studying, of course. Let, right, let me tell you this, and we'll move on to the next, because you, you brought that up. He was nine years old. We got a call. And I, I had to go down there and I'm like, what, what happened? And they're like, well, your son hacked the computer's uh, database, the school's database <laughs> at nine years old. <laughs> Can you please tell him to stop doing that? Because they tried to put up a firewall and he was, he went right past it it's again. It's like Scorpion. I've told you about the, the, the show, show uh-huh. Scorpion. And the, the, the guy that this, the whole show is based on or is, is about. Uh, got arrested when he was, I think, nine years old because he hacked NASA or something like that and downloaded some kind of really crucial blueprints because he wanted them for his wallpaper right. or something like that. You know, it's like the same kind of thing. Well, it was for him, it was YouTube because they had YouTube blocked. Oh, yeah. And he's always yeah. loved YouTube. Yeah. And so he, he went in and, and passed the system and went past their their uh, firewalls and he got YouTube up. All right. So, moving along, the the last thing, and it's not even a rant, it's just I I think that Lacey needs the the public thank you for what she did for me yesterday. Um 
a long time ago, back in the 90s, when I, I wasn't even 20 yet, I was probably like 19, I was diagnosed with hypoglycemia, and that was something that I had to live with while I was uh, a certified nursing assistant, which was is a very active, very physical job. Plus, you had to walk to work and back. Yes. Um, when I became a monitor technician, and that's what I do now professionally, I have a desk job. Mm-hmm. And I got fat. I mean, that's what happens when you have a desk job. You just get fat. So I didn't, I never had to worry about my sugar levels getting too low because mm-hmm. I was fat. Well, Sadie introduced me to the Chamberlain diet, and I've done very well so Cam- far. Cambridge. Cambridge, I'm sorry. Okay, Cambridge okay. diet. Um, I think I'm somewhere around the 20-pound mark now of lost. Yay. And I've been very busy with, you know, all, everything that we've just talked about has happened in the last two days. Right. All of this. So <clears throat> I haven't been eating like I should. Um, I haven't eaten my salad. I haven't been taking my, my drinks um, for the last two days. And with the, the rapid weight loss, my sugar just plummeted. Now, yesterday night, I knew something was wrong, but I... And I don't know why I didn't just ask for help, but I knew something was wrong because my vision was getting fuzzy. Mm. Yeah, that would be a clear indication. And I was just trying to shake it off, and I was trying to... I don't remember what I was working on. That's bad. I I honestly don't remember. And um, And the cat, you said the cat. Yeah, the the cat cat kept getting in my face. and Literally. Yes. Yeah. And... Now, the cat loves Lacey. That's, that's Lacey's cat. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, he's not affectionate towards me. Mm-hmm. And um, he kept getting in my face like that. That's what he was doing. Hello, Simba. Yeah. And uh, Lacey came out and she recognized that something was wrong. I don't know if I was slurring my words or what it was, but she noticed, she picked something up right away that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, even though it has been over 10 years since, you know, she had to deal with blood sugar issues. She would, she just snapped right back into it and she knew exactly what to do. And probably 20 minutes later, I was feeling right back to my normal self. Yeah. She got some food in you. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I have a tendency to overlook things and maybe not give Lacey the enough credit that she deserves. And that's what this one is about is just to give. Interrupt on you again, but, but I've already ate all the um, Tootsie Pops. Okay. So it's time for me to have some soup. Okay, son. We're almost finished, okay? But, Dad, you, you have to uncheck um, soup first. Okay. Oh, there's soup. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. So, anyway, I, I don't give her enough credit, and that was what that was. Is that I just wanted to give her publicly say thank you to my wife. Yeah. Because I do appreciate the things that she does for me. She does watch out for you. Goodness knows we all need somebody to watch out for us. Absolutely. All right, kids. Um, as we start to wrap things up, just a little mention. I'm just about finished with the monger script. I'm almost to page 70. Things are coming along nicely. Um, in fact, Sadie and her husband, Lacey and I, uh, maybe in the next week or two, we're going to go out doing some tech scouting. We're going to start looking for places to shoot the film. And things are slowly starting to come together as we move towards pre-production, and I'm really, really excited. In fact, uh, Russo 
I talked to him, and he's like, you're really going to make a movie? I'm like, yeah. yeah so after he's, all these years of talking about it. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Um, you're probably hearing the cat. The cat's jumping he's in my face. purring. Thing. Yes. You can hear him purring. I think it's time for me to take my shake. It could be. It could be. It's uh, almost five. Yeah, yeah, it's time. It's time. All right, kids. Thanks for sticking around. Um, I just had, like I said, I had a lot of stuff to get off my chest this week. And um, next week we'll get back into the thanks, regular format. Thanks for listening and putting up with it. And we didn't have any emails, by the way, or we would have done a brown bag even with the format we had today. But we didn't really have any actual regular format. And for the format addicted among you, we are apologetic about that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back on our format next week. Yes. And uh, hopefully we'll have some emails along with it. And we'll get the numbers things straightened out with Yahoo, hopefully. Um, and thanks for following us on Twitter. Yes. We appreciate it. And let's not forget, even though we have, we have 1,016 something, yeah, 1,600, 1, something like that followers. Uh, our Facebook is a little on the empty side. Um, so if you want to follow us on Facebook as well, there's more. Uh, open interaction on Facebook. Uh, you probably get more of a chit chat with Sadie on Facebook. You can go to www.facebook.com slash jazomodcast with the number one and you can like and, uh, you know, if you want to talk to Sadie, that's probably more of a, a route that should be comfortable to talk with you on Facebook. I, I do know how to Facebook a little bit better than most of the other stuff. All right, kids, that's it for this week. So I am David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And you definitely this week heard what we had to think. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and now you know. See you next week. Bye-bye. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S. Sadie Burbank Podcast. Or S. Sadie Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh... The show. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.